Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Gary Owen with the Get Some Podcast. My guest this week had a front row seat two weeks ago to see Nate Robinson go down. So I saw your name on the credits. Yeah. Like, okay, let me slow down. You're a comedian, been on a lot of stuff, but you're one of those guys that people probably know your face, and they're like, hey, where do I know you from? You do. You know? Like, yeah. You uh, you the dude from the, dude, the, the yeah. thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, they'll, name, yeah, they'll name something from like, you're from Funniest Wins, which was like six years ago. I was like, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. That was All on right. TBS? Yeah. Now, well, that, was a, um, that was a contest, right? Yeah, it was like a competition show between like, like sketch artists, YouTubers, comedians, like Viners or whatever, and they put us in some competition and then you won some money. Like, to be honest with you, I, going to that audition, I said no. I was like, I don't, don't want to do a competition show. And mm-hmm. then it was like, you should go audition. I was a reserve. Which means they had us in a hotel in like Laguna Beach before they picked the cast. I was a reserve and they had like the last minute, like midnight, they were like, you made the show. I was like, all right, cool. Then you find out when you made the show, it's like, oh, it's $100,000 up for grabs. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, so then you start taking it seriously. Like, yo, we, let's get this money. And how'd the show work? So you, get, you get a new task in the morning. So you wake up and then they, you get to set and they give you like, a, you got to do a sketch by the end and then present it by like five o'clock and have it edited. Or you got to do stand-up or, you know, they'll put you in different environments to create something to present for the audience at night and somebody mm-hmm. go home, like, every day. How many people was in it in the beginning? Like 10. And it wasn't just comedians. It was, like, sketch people. Oh, no, it was, like, sketch people, Viners, Tiffany Haddish, Billy Sorrells, me, Jenny Z. Tiffany Haddish was on that show? Hell, yeah. Dang. T- Tiffany's so funny, man. She'd be on the show. She was like, see, like, you know, afterwards, we all kick it. You know, and she'd be like, I got to get out this show. What, what you mean? I gotta go work. Like she already booked something else. Like I gotta go shoot this <laughs> show. I gotta get kicked off. I'm like, no, you you can win. But she competitive. But she she always has been working. So she's yeah. like, I need to go by like episode five. I so wait a minute. You're on it. Tiffany's on it. Billy Sorrell's on it. Anybody else? Jenny Sagrino. She's a comedian. Very funny. Uh, someone nobody you would know. Then they had like you know celebrities come in or whatnot. But like, and that only lasted one season, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I think I only watched the last episode. Yeah. Because I was like, I just want to know who won. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. There's a lot of y'all like, yeah, I saw the last one, bro. Hey, I support you. Yeah. I was like this. I'm just going to watch the last one. Like, I used to watch Last Comic Standing. Yeah. Because when that first came out, that was like a Because sh- being in LA and knowing all the, the I want to say open micers, but yeah. the local guys in LA trying to cut their name up. Yeah. When Last Comic Standing first came out, the one with Dat Fan won, but Ralphie May should have won. Yeah. Uh, that's when I was like, oh, I know all these comics. You know what I mean? I tried to do Last Comic Standing the year after Funniest Wins. I auditioned at the Improv, had a good set, was going to get the call back. And then because I won Funniest Wins the year before, they didn't let me do it. Oh, really? I was like, what? I was like, they was like, yeah, it's in the clause of like competition shows that you can't have won a previous show in a previous such and such time. I was like, damn. I wanted, that was one of the shows like I wanted to like, you know, because I don't really like competition shows. I just, mm. I was eerie about them. But like, you know, like that show, was like, yeah, I want to do that show. It's so hard because comedy is subjective. Yeah. So it's hard to have a competition. Yeah. With stand-up. Because you just hope like they, the audience understand, identifies you. You build your own audience, but you hope like, okay, I'm not like, I'm not going to be jumping up and down. I'm not going to do a bunch of, you know what I mean? You just hope you could you get that trust where they understand where you're coming from, you know? Well, I- TV audience is never the real stand-up audience yeah. anyways. Some of them are paid extras, <laughs> seat fillers, yeah. you know what I mean? Like when I watch um, The X Factor or America's Got Talent or something, you'll see them people come out there and you can almost tell they want to be like, just calm down just a little bit. 
Like you're way yeah. too enthusiastic about and, this. And performance. you got money on the line, so you like, yo, yeah. like in between takes, you joking with the audience, trying to get them on your side. Yeah. <laughs> what's up, blue shirt? Yeah. You know, <laughs> you just want to be acknowledged. Yo, ah, what's, so fucking what's say up, blue man? shirt? Because when they your action, I need you on my side. I need yeah. to laugh. So, yeah, man. Marlon Wayans was executive producer, of that right? Yeah, yeah. That's why I didn't really I knew him, but like not know him like that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I knew him through stand up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like on I remember the last episode, like when I, you know, did the sketch or not, he walked by me and he just looked, he said, because he was just so proud, but he couldn't be like, nigga, you did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was just like, Yeah. Then afterwards he was like, I mean, just after the show, he came up to me, he was like, Yo, good shit. Appreciate it. Don't blow all the money. <laughs> but like, when you win a hundred thousand, and you never had a hundred thousand dollars, but how much did you really get? A hundred thousand dollars. Did they take no, taxes out? No, it's winnings. Oh wow! Yeah. Do you get take? Do you get taxed? Yeah, on that? you got to go pay it back. And you know, did you know uh, that when you got it? Absolutely not. Did anybody? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yo, this is seventy thousand. Here's, here's what no, no one tells you. No one tells you when you get a bunch of money. Like they just say like vague shit. That's where you need to be specific with people. They be like, mm-hmm. "Hey man, take care of yourself. Hey, be good with it. Hey, make sure you." And then you know you learn. I got. When I first came into some money, I had to learn the hard way. Oh. IRS starts calling. You're like, what? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> oh, you guys take a lot. Yeah. I was like this. Oh, wait a minute. I used to go to H&R Block and get money back. Yeah. I owe you guys money? Man, listen. Uh, yeah. Did you hear the, um, I was watching uh, Monday Night Football. It's like a month ago. I was watching Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football. The Raiders were playing. And Josh Jacobs got signed. When he, when he got drafted, it was the Oakland Raiders. He told them, hold my sign-in bonus till next year because he knows he's going to be in Vegas. That's smart. I was like, he was so proud of himself in the, in the little interview thing. Yeah. He goes, yeah, I, I told him to hold it because I knew I'd probably, you know, do you, $3 million sign-in bonus, do you want 2.2 or $1.5 million yeah. with the taxes That's as much smart. as California? Yeah, I was like yeah. this. I don't know who got in his ear, but that was the smartest financial advisor or agent or whatever. I first learned about taxes. It wasn't even a big jump, but it's like my first writing job, I made $1,000 a week, right? And then I, I told the Shout dude. out to TV One. Hilarious. It was, yeah, it was BT. It was BT. It was Hell Day. It was Hell Day. Oh, really? Yeah. It's season two, I'm making, look, I'm making, look, I'm from Forward Texas, man. I was waiting tables, so I just wanted to get out of waiting tables. It's the only reason I got into like writing. I was just trying to hustle out of the waiting tables, and I went up to him like, yo, I want to write, whatever. $1,000 a week. I said, man, can I get a raise? He looked at me like, what? I said, what I got to do? I just want to raise. So he said, if you do all this, I'll give you $1,500 a week. I was like, okay, bet. Now, at $1,000 a week, my check was like eight sixty dollars still. Like, okay, bet. When he got to $1,500, my check was like nine something. I knocked on his door. I was like, I, said, I never got the raise. He said, yes, you did. I said, how is it? He said, welcome to Texas, motherfucker. And I was just like, damn. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have did all that shit that I had to do if I knew it was just going to be... <laughs> A hundred dollars, you know, profit, but anyway, yeah. yeah, it's like that at casinos. You win a certain amount, you get to a certain point on the slot machines. You'd be better off winning eleven hundred because yep. if you win fifteen hundred, they're gonna take the taxes out. Yep. And all of a sudden, you got you, you got nine hundred. Yeah, I like this. Well, I I didn't want that last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like keep that, just keep that between us. Like nope. So you were I when I was saying we was we was talking about a couple weeks ago the Tyson Jones slash annihilation of Nate Robinson. It was a Nate Robinson knockout fight. That's what it became. Yeah. So I got it in the dressing room at I was at the um I was in Oklahoma City. So I got it and then uh I go on stage right when they were announcing Jake Paul and Nate Robinson. I get off 
Somebody texted me. They go, I thought they were talking about Jones and Tyson because everything was over by the time I got off stage. They said, that motherfucker knocked out. Wow. Somebody went, he needs an ambulance. I'm like, I'm thinking Roy Jones. No. And then I look and everyone's like, yeah, Roy Jones and Mike was cool. And I see him getting interviewed. I go, what, what are they talking about? And then the memes start kicking Dude, in. Dude, Gary, um, the fight is like boxed off. So it's the ring and then they have it where you can't see the stands, right? So they have it like the set is built like it's like enclosed, right? So everybody watching on the monitor, right? I literally tell the producers, I was like, I'm going for Nate. You know, it's Nate. I'm going up on the monitor. Go watch, whatever. Sit down. Bro, like when Nate comes in and his head is down the first time, I said, oh shit, right? He's just like, he looked like a street fight. And I was like, oh no, he's street fighting. He got a box, right? And then when he got hit the first time, he told the ref, he's like, he hit me in the back of my head. And the ref was like, no, he didn't, right? It was, I was like, damn. And then when he, see what people don't know, like what, it was an entourage of people there from like the artist, a couple people. And they was screaming, they said, don't let that non-white boy knock you out. You mate, you better not let him knock you out. Y'all couldn't hear that on TV. But like, he was like, you come on, Nate. You better not let him knock you out. As he's coming too, like he's, you know what I mean? And then when he gets like laid out, it was like almost like a hush with the producer, like, yo, is he good? Like he <laughs> he had the knockout where like, oh, he he died in the ring. Yeah. You know I mean? He's dead. There's one of them you see the soul come yeah, up. Yeah, it's like, oh, he's just how he passed. Like, you know what I mean? Cause he he the way he fell and everything. And then like he started like moving around. And it's like when you fall, once you okay, then it's like, how well, who taught what was the training like? Yeah. How did you, they teach you to move with your head. And then when he got knocked out, it, it was just like a like a thing, like, like yo, like it was just eerie a little bit. But Jake Paul can fight. Yeah, regardless if Jake Paul wins the fight, he came in there like he was didn't have no. But he came in there like head first, head first. Oh, you talking about Nate? Yes, head first. You see, it's an art form, man. Yes, he just literally was like, oh, you could see, you could see a Jake like light up when he was like, oh, this is what we doing. He's just gonna come at me. Yeah. So the first one's overwrite. The second one, he just said, okay, boom, boom, set him up here. Head came in like this. Right to the ground. I was like, gee, he could have killed that man. But How'd you get that job? So you were writing on it? Yeah, yeah. So what, what were you writing? <laughs> so everybody's like, hey, what'd you, what'd you write? Did Mike you write Tyson? French Montana's No, that's lyrics. what everybody said, right? <laughs> so in the beginning, it's like, a, well, I got the job, like, you know, they were looking for some writers to help, like, produce, like, the whole show. So it's like a six-act show with musical artists and, you know, a bunch of celebrities they wanted to do, like, you know, cutaways and you know, sketches that they could do. So you pitch a bunch of ideas that might not make TV, but a bunch of ideas. You know, we thought the cast of, uh, what, Mike Tyson, uh, the Vegas, uh, come on, the movie. Hangover? Boom. We thought the cast would come, excuse me, would come through. So you write sketches for that. And then, Mm -hmm. okay, then that doesn't materialize. And, you know, you produce the packages when the artists are, like, coming to, like, I'll be, you know, talking to Wiz, asking him questions about how he feels about Mike Tyson. So that'll play, you know, in between the fight. And just, you know, just make sure, you know, pitch and just produce a bunch of different, like, segments before the actual fight. You know what I mean? Some never come to, some get played. You know, Mario Lopez, all his lines, that's your boy. (laughs) (laughs) From start to finish, baby. (laughs) But you said Snoop was a fill-in. Listen, Snoop was so dope, dog. Like, he was not supposed to do the ringside. They had somebody else. That person couldn't do it, right? Then it was like, uh, we got Snoop. Like, okay. Like, in these shows, like, things just happen. Things change all the time. I'm walking to, to work, and they was like, Lil Wayne's out. 
Lil Wayne's out, and that person's like freaking out. It's always a person on production's like, yeah. everything's like, Lil Wayne's out. Oh, why? You're like, why? There's always one of them. Yeah, it's like, they're freaking like, Lil Wayne's out. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Something was, you know, people, something, I don't think it's working out. And like, <laughs> what you want to tell them? Is Mike Tyson Roy Jones here? Yeah, we're okay. It's going to be good. As long as they're here, we're okay. So then we get up there, they're like, okay, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We need a performer. I was like, just, I am pissed. Like, what about Snoop? Like, oh, yeah, if we've asked him. We don't know yet. But what if he says no? Right? They like, they freak these positions, which you don't, know, they be freaking out. Then, like, 10 minutes later, I go grab some water. Snoop's in. Snoop's in. He's going he's gonna to host and he's going to perform. <laughs> he's in. He's like, in the Snoop show. But, like, that's like organic how dope Snoop is. Like, I think he rapped on Lil Wayne's set that was supposed to be maybe for Lil Wayne. He didn't have no rehearsal. Mm. Everybody always had a rehearsal. He just give me a mic, rocked out. People are like, did you write Snoop Dogg's lines? Absolutely not. He just killing. He just killing. Yeah. They get let him be Snoop. And you know, all the people were like, he's so good. He's so good. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear anything of Snoop. I was watching the monitor raw. I didn't have my headset. Oh, in. the so highlights was the I best. I didn't hear Snoop Dogg. I got home. I was like, he was trending. So I was when he when the old boy got knocked out. I got to I got to hear I. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, Nate. <laughs> Roy Jones and Michael's are funny. It's like two of my uncles fighting in the backyard. Yeah, yeah, all that. All that. Yo, that was that. Yeah. You could tell at the end of that fight when they was like, would you do it again? Roy was like, his body said, absolutely not. I'm tired. I Listen, I watched, I watched the replay of it. Yeah. And nobody's going to admit it, but Mike didn't go for his head. You can't. It was rules. Oh, you couldn't go for the head? Yeah, was, you can't knock him out. You, if there was a cut, like in the first round, it was almost like a head, but maybe an incident or something. If there was a cut, they would have to stop the fight. So you, it was like a bunch of rules, you know what I mean, to protect. Like, but they, you know, the Roy's body, body shot. It's, it's two weeks later. It's still sore. Yeah. He had a lot. And Roy wasn't as in shape. No. Roy, Mike was in shape. Roy looked like he was raising his kids and his family, and they said, yo, you got to fight Mike in like 20 minutes. He was like, yeah. oh, all right, where yeah. my shoes at? <laughs> Because Roy was ripped when he fought. Yeah. Ripped. It was like, but it's like, to me, you watch that as you pay homage. And they, and they prime, they were some of the best. Mm -hmm. So if y'all want to fight at 50, I fuck it. I'll watch one. I don't know. Roy Jones in his prime, I've never seen anybody better. No. Nah. He would toy with people. He and was, he, was, he, was, he was one of the first to start moving up the weight classes. Like, boom, boom. And dominating. Went all the way to heavyweight. He couldn't be hit. Dude, I just remember it, as a kid, he, he just could not be hit, and then he would get in your face and then hit you with the right hand and move mm. away. Remember that Montel Griffin where he shouldn't have lost? He oh. was already down, and he hit him, and he disqualified him. And then that next fight was one round. I was like... I remember being a kid in the Olympics. I remember a kid, and he got, I was like, <sighs> he got shitted on in the Olympics. I was like, yo, Dad, like, why would they do that? And he was just like, son, you know, shit happens. That was so obvious. But isn't that the one? Was or was it Holyfield got ripped off in the '84 Olympics, and Jones got ripped off in the '88 Olympics? Which was the one that the guy raised his arm up? Though it might—I think it was Roy. I think it was Roy that um, the guy, like, even though he got the gold, he raised oh, Roy's yeah. hands up. Oh, oh like, yeah, he was pissed. And Roy like walked. He was pissed. I just remember like, damn, like he. You know, later, you know, you watch the documentary. Like Roy wanted to be in the Olympics so bad, like it was his thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to get to the Olympics and then that happened, it was like. Like damn, especially yeah. when you're so much better. Yeah, and you're so else. young. You like that could break you. Like, dang, I got all y'all cheat me. I mm. clearly beat this boy. Yeah, man, I couldn't imagine. He made he made a good career. He made like what fifty five million, I think. Oh, I broke him. Yeah, he's done. It broke him. He had a terrible life. <laughs> I terrible think he did career. Y'all yeah, must have forgot what a terrible <laughs> rap album. He even he even had a rap. I think he came out. I think he came out to his own music. Did you know anybody peep that? Roy Jones came out to his own music. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Did, oh, did, I was like, that's crazy. He was the first guy. I think he was the first Jordan boxer too. Oh, where I know that. Yeah, he was. He was always wearing brand Jordan before everybody else. I mean, he made right. boxing cool. Facts. As a kid, he made boxing cool. To be showboating, like, yo, you get knocked out doing that, but then still knock people out. I was like, yo, mm-hmm. I, this is kind of cool. And outside of Tyson, like, you know, Tyson, you just knew he was going to win. Up, even up until Douglas, you just knew. It was the same with Roy Jones. It was, it was hard to get, like, really excited because mm-hmm. you were just like – because people forget, when he beat James Tony, James Tony's one of the best pure yeah. boxers in the history of boxing. And Roy handled him pretty easy. And they, if you look back at that fight, they're so little – they're mm-hmm. so little because James blew up. I was shook when Mike went down with Buster as a kid. I was just like, damn, because that was like an invincible man to me. Mm-hmm. Like he was like the Superman of whatever. Like, and then he went down. I was like, damn. And I just kept watching it over and over. Like, the Buster gets lucky. Like, was it because he's big? He knocks big dudes out all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just like a moment. Like, damn, he it humanized him almost for me. It's like, kid, like, damn, okay, well. That was the first time I like seen him get hit. Even mm-hmm. before the knockout, I was like, this, oh, he's getting hit a lot. And then the Lennox Lewis fight, I felt like that was like inches away from Mike winning. Like Mike had a couple swings that if he would just connected, but then Lennox could fight. You know, he would hold him just at the right time. As soon as he come in, he hold him real quick. But as soon as Mike come in, he he hit him with a good uppercut combo. It was like damn, man, like he had studied. You could tell Mike he was ready for him. But well, you remember uh, the corner? I remember the corner. Uh, Emmanuel Stewart was in Lennox Lewis' corner, and he said, you know. God damn it, stop fucking around with him and get him out of there. Because he was, you know, like you said, one punch is different. And I think, you know, Lennox getting knocked out two years prior by Hasim Rachman, he was probably like, oh, wow, I'm not invincible. Yeah. So he's probably a little nervous. Yeah. But once Lennox got in there, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's fine. Lennox is one of the most underrated heavyweights of all time. Yeah. Like his left, like Mike's left hand is as good as his right hand to me. It's like his right hand and his left hook. Like that's scary. Like, yeah, okay, I got to watch his, his power hands. But the left is just as powerful. He's like, God damn it. You know, some fighters you watch in the highlights, they get, they get up smiling like he caught me. All right, cool. Well, shit. Mm. You know, it was left. Yeah. <laughs> Who's your favorite white fighter? Who is that? What are those? <laughs> they have them? <laughs> you. <laughs> Come on, Tommy Gunn. Yeah, Tommy Gunn. Tommy Morrison. Tommy Gunn got to be in the top five because I don't know five. Come on now. Triple G. Okay. There's one. so many good white ones out there. One. Who's the heavyweight champ right now? It's a white boy? Tyson Fury. He just knocked out Deontay Wilder. Oh, yeah. See, we haven't that accepted that in the community sweet. yet. We haven't oh, really? Yeah, haven't accepted <laughs> <laughs> In denial? Yeah, that's like, that never happened. It's oh, like, my God. Yeah. I knew that. Listen, I like Deontay Wilder a lot, but I think every fighter has their boogeyman. Yeah. And, like, you know, with, with Tyson, it was Holyfield. Um, I think, I think uh, Lennox Lewis, I think his boogeyman was Oliver McCall, the guy that knocked him out, and then he fought him again. Oliver McCall had a mental breakdown. Oliver McCall never was in deep trouble against Lennox Lewis. I was yeah. like, everybody got their boogeyman. That dude is just so big, and he can he moves. He keeps moving. He well, fights like a black dude. Yeah, and the funny thing, you remember the press conference last time, or they had some face off. He's like, he said something like something he made. He said, "You're gonna lose because of that right there." I got Jesus Christ in my life right now. He's my Lord and Savior. You're gonna lose right there just because of that. And I was like, yo, he brought Jesus into it. And then he beat when he got up, I was like, oh Jesus. And then he beat him. That's like, one of the best moments in boxing history. Yo, he's when a, he <laughs> and you see his eyes go up, and you're like, it's over. It's like a movie. It's like a it movie. Yeah. And he went like this. And his the best is watching Showtime. They got this YouTube uh thing is and it's 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 almost like 24 7 but they do it before and after the fight 
So they got an episode during the fight, and you see Deontay's family, the girlfriend or wife, like, told you, yeah, done. She's looking this way when Fury gets up. She goes, told you, motherfucker, hated that. Come on, Deontay. He's like, damn, you know how big that dude is? To finally get him down, and you're like, I saw her, and he give you like, please, come on, sit down. You got to muster up the strength to do it again, and he's dancing. He's still doing this shit. But and, and, and the thing about it was, since Ali, I don't ever, I have never seen nobody call exactly what's going to happen in the fight like Tyson Fury. He said, if Deontay Wilder's ever going to beat me, it's going to be this first fight because I'm only two years removed from being in recovery. I'm only 18 months months back fighting. He goes, he don't want to see me again in a rematch. And sure enough, he said, and he said, he's knock him in the second, knocked him down in the third, knocked him out in like the fifth. I was like this. How is this guy calling this shit? Uh, I'm going to win right there. Just goes yeah. all that right there. Yeah. Dude, he's so good. <laughs> he made me. It was a good fight. It was like, damn. But like, it's he's like. so entertaining. You know what black people we do? We take a, and, when, and we shouldn't do this, but when a black fighter loses, we take a moment like it means so much. So a white so dude much. just loses. You want to be honest, Gary? Can I be honest here? Yeah. Just lose. He's like, ah, oh. to a white guy, sometimes we, we extra with him. Like, man, like, he, oh, Lord. Like, when Nate went down, we made it about, like, the culture. Like, you let us down. Like, now the cops going to get yeah. another nigga. Like, it's just because <laughs> of you. Damn. Like, like, we get dramatic. Like, oh, come on, man. Like, but at the end of the day, it's just like, he tried. He just got knocked out. But I'm going to root for him again. Like, my blackness won't let me go for Tyson Fury. Oh, really? I got to go for the black dude. You know what I mean? I just hope he learns how to, you know. <laughs> I don't. I don't want. And listen, I always go for the fighters that I think know me and will pay to see me at a comedy <laughs> show. That's what I. That's so that, you got to go for the black dude. Nine times out of ten, <laughs> you know, it's it's hard. I ain't gonna lie, man. Whenever there's a, a a white dude doing something in a black dominated sport, mm. it's hard not to root for him. Yeah, yeah I get it. It's like I get it when people like Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods, I get. Yeah, completely get that. Yeah. See, but I I do it on both ends. If I see a black guy in hockey, of course I'm gonna root for him. It's yeah. like the underdog story. Some dude in Philadelphia is pretty good. There's a lot of good yeah. black hockey players now, but like Tiger Woods, black golfer, of course. If I see a black kicker, I want him to make the team because I don't see like because Bengals had a black kicker in training camp a couple years ago, John Brown. I was like this, come on, John, come on. It's like yeah, a, but if I on the opposite end, a white running back. Christian McCaffrey. Hey. Obviously, I'm going to pull yeah, for him, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I get you. Black quarterbacks. I'm like, yeah. that, if it's two teams and that's the deciding factor, I'm going with the black quarterback. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. I just like seeing the underdog. I should say, so with Tyson, I'm like this. I don't know. I kind of like. I remember going to, I, I watched the, uh, what was it, Mayweather versus, who was the Mexican fighter he fought like back in? He fought he, you know, he, he, he beat more Mexicans than Border Patrol. Listen, I was at my homeboy's house just as a black dude just rooting for uh, Mayweather and an all-Mexican family, and they were rooting for uh, De La Hoya. And I turned around, they all looked at me like, who brought him? Who brought him? <laughs> and I was like, Gonzalo was like, he's with me, it's okay, it's my boy. And I was like, he's like, come on, Cindy, chill out. It was like, root for Mayweather, but quietly. Yep. <laughs> Golf clap. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool, cool. I left immediately after the fight. I was like, all right, man, thanks for the tacos. Yeah. And got out of there. That's hysterical. Now, you grew up in Dallas, right? Or Fort Worth? Yeah, like I was born in Gardena, California, right? And then we moved and I was going into the fourth grade and I was raised in Fort Worth, Texas. And when did you start doing stand-up? I tried it when I was like uh, 19, right? Just at an open mic. And then I didn't try it, really take it seriously. I was like 22 and I moved. I already moved out here because I didn't move out here for comedy. But after, you know, I've been out here like maybe Horn. a year and a half. Nah, to be honest with you, you gonna think I'm bullshitting like a joke, but it's for real. I moved out to LA to be a model, right? I I had booked a foot action ad back home, mm -hmm. and I booked like two print work jobs, and I was like, 
I'm getting money, right? So I was like, I'm finna move. It was like $1,500. But so I, I was gonna act and model. So I had a whole book. I went to LA Models, showed them the book. They was like, absolutely not. I went to CED, Cunning Espot and Du Bois, something like that. They was like, absolutely not. And then I, I was like, shit. You know what I mean? I'm here. This is going back quickly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I got into comedy like maybe, shit, like six months after that. Like, all right, I got to do something. What year was that? Like, shit, 2003. Oh, you came in right when I left the scene. Yeah. That was right when I left the LA scene. Yeah. So who was, who was like some of the people that were coming up back then? Dam- like- Damon Jr., uh, Vinny Oshana, Vincent Oshana, um, Na- like Naeem. Um, like Damon Jr. at first, Will Sylvans put me on him. Like I had a room I was doing, and uh, he's like, "This dude named Kyle Green gonna come by, and wants to do your room." I was like, "All right." He's like, "But listen, it's Damon Jr." I was like, "Okay, why does he call himself Kyle?" He was like, "Oh, because he doesn't want." And that was one like my first comedy buddies. Cool so as fuck. Damon Wayans Jr. was he's, calling himself Kyle Green because everybody in the beginning was like, "Oh, Damon Wayans like do all this big old Damon," Wayans, and he just was like, "I want to do comedy." Like he mm-hmm. was like, it wasn't because of his dad's name or nothing. He was just wanting mm-hmm. to like, you know, do stand up, mm-hmm. and he was just good. Like I always look at Damon Jr. as like one of the people that like is really good at stand up. People like forget about sometimes because he's mm-hmm. just been so successful acting, but stand up like I really like his mind. But anyway, him Vin- Vincent Oshana, like name started probably a little bit ahead of me, but like he was around James Davis, Delay, uh, shit Tony Baker. So you guys are like that. I would say. Comedians are all like in fraternities. Yeah. You're like in the frat after I graduated college. Yeah. Because it comes right. in like four or five years. So I came out here like in 98, 99. So my, granted, there's 100,000 comics that didn't make it. But I remember going to the improv and you would see Cat in the Hat, which mm-hmm. is Cat Williams. You'd see Kevin Hart. You'd see D-Ray. You'd see Corey Holcomb. Like there was, the, we had some monsters oh, like, back in like 2000, 2001. On certain nights, you're like, God damn. Oh, yeah. When you know I, what I mean? When I, when I was in Texas, like, Ali Sadiq, like, put me on, like, giving me stage time when nobody else would, like, in Houston. Boom. When I moved to L.A., Ian Edwards, like, was, like, my mentor. So, and he was cool with Kevin and all them. So, like, I got to see, like, really good comics early on, like, like perform all the time. Like, I couldn't get on. Like, shit. Patrice O'Neal, Kev Hart, uh, Ian. I thought you said real Hugh funny Moore. I mean, those guys, you know, <laughs> you know, they got, you know, they, they got I work to do. Thought you said real funny ones, <laughs> but you know, they, they're doing okay. Still waiting. Yeah, <laughs> but like, literally, like learning. You know, what I mean, that's why I learned how to write. Like, Ian used to be like, Ian's a dickhead, but I love him. Like, cause he taught me like how to write a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he would be writing movie for Kev. I would get off waiting tables and go sit in the room, and he was like, I would just learn. He would let me touch the computer. I remember when Def Jam came back in like 2008 to LA. Kev did Dev Jam. 2006. 2006. I'm not so, gonna tell you why I know that, but uh, I, didn't, I didn't get on. I was a little upset about it. So okay, so then Ian, we're writing something. For, Ian and Kev, Kev goes to Dev Jam. Ian goes. I'm like the young comic. Can I go? They were like, Nah, we ain't gonna take a few. And I was like, Oh, okay. And so Ian was like, You could write on a computer though. And I was like, For real? He never let me touch a computer. He was like, You could write two pages. Don't repeat yourself. And I was like, All right. And do I? They're talking about writing a script or writing jokes. I'm writing a script. So like okay. I got to be on the computer like write, and then when they came back, I was like, they was talking about the show. I was so happy I got to actually like you know write and present some of these niggas like you know two pages of work. It's all it's crazy how you um you think about all the people you came up with, man, and how it just goes in cycles. Like some people hit and they come back down, and some people hit and they they never come back down. They just keep going up. 
because I a couple weeks ago I had somebody on and there was there's a flyer of 2004 of uh, me and Gabriel Iglesias did a show in San Diego and we we, we went in on together 50 50 he said you bring somebody and I'll bring somebody I said all right so I brought Kevin Hart he brought Felipe Esparza so in one show yeah Gabriel Iglesias dope. me Kevin Hart and Felipe Esparza that's I was dope. like this that's just crazy that's like dope. the four of us that's and we dope. barely sold 1500 tickets. That's dope. <laughs> That's dope as hell. And Kev just got the big house. He got his sitcom on ABC, and he was so hyped about it. He said, yeah, man, I just got this show, yep. big house and shit. I remember, because me being close to Ian, I remember at waiting tables, like, yo, the big house is on, like, you know what I mean? Like, doing that where, whole movement. Where was you waiting tables at? At BJ's in Burbank. BJ's in Burbank. Where's that at? It's uh, in the mall? No, it's like all, like by the five, the exit. Like, I'm thinking Glendale Galleria. Okay, no, Burbank. I worked at that one, too. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my life, yeah. I like look, dog. I man, I used to it'd be embarrassed. Like comics used to come in, like Jay Phillips and all them comics come with their families, and I'd be like, hey, "What's up, man? Like big fan of yours?" They'd be like, "Cherry Coke, please." And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, my last day at the, the Glendale one, and like I know this is wrong, but whatever. I had Lonnie Love, Deshaun Ross, uh, I said Vanessa Gradic. I was like, "It's my last day." I started my writing job February 9th. Right, it was a, so Friday was February sixth. Like, come, I, the bar is on me. They was like, what? <laughs> this is like Lonnie was like, you for real? I was like, yeah. So here you go, boom, give me a boom. Like, hand her the charger for one. You want a beer? Yeah. Here's a picture. Well, I was telling random people, it's my last day. Like, like the boy, and I was out. Like, you know what I mean? It was just because it was like I had been waiting tables for shit. So what, six years, seven years. And I finally got a job where I had to do it. I gave away the bar. I mean, but, oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Anybody ever a dick? Yeah, but here's I'm gonna play you. Legally, you can't drive if you're drunk. You gotta catch a cab, so you gotta leave your car there. So if you was a dick to me at the bar, I get you fucked up. No, no, I'm talking about oh. comedians. Oh, like when you said, "Hey, you ain't got to name names," but you was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm a comedian. I'm trying to be funny. I'm in not here to throw people on the bus." Like in the beginning, when I was starting, was the people was dick to me? Yeah. Okay, boom. I tell you, uh, I ain't gonna tell you a name. Well, I mean, mm, mm, mm. all right. So here it is. The Black first, guy. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, that I mean? eliminates. I, I, uh, it's about to. Uh, so boom. So. My first thing I ever did was Bad Boys of Comedy season two, right? They found me on MySpace, right? I didn't even believe them. They was like, hey, send us a tape in. I was like, all right, cool. I edited something. They was like, we want to use you. I was like, I'm so geek. Like, I'm like, oh, for where I booked my first TV thing? I go to the Sarah's at the time. Kim Whitley and Buddy Lewis had a room, right? Is that the Haha? No, no, it's up the street, like at another place, right? Okay. And uh, God rest his soul, James Hanna was right there. Yeah. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I said, Oh man, I just booked my first gig, man. Bad Boys of Comedy on HBO, man, season two. They found me on MySpace. He said, MySpace? They finding motherfuckers on MySpace? Oh, that ain't serious. But I was fucking wrong with comedy. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that'd be the last thing I tell anybody. <laughs> James, but James had a way of just being brutally honest. Yeah. Could come across as dickish, but it just was. Brutally. I'm super new in comedy. Like Honest. I'm like a year and a half in. Like literally, like it's geek. Like I performed in front of like 80 people, maybe a hundred. Mm. And then you get there, it's been like what? Bam theater. I don't know how I many, two two thousand people. Like that. For me, it was like, oh shit, it's a third tier. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I never it's did third this. Third tier. <laughs> <laughs> they're not they're not blacking it out. No, what are you doing? You know what I mean? They say my name wrong and I'm on stage and you a pro now, but you could redo it. But when your first time. Like he said my name wrong, and I said, "Damn, he said my name wrong." I said it out loud as I was walking to the stage. So I was like, "Brooklyn, make some noise!" <sighs> I had a joke about a job. Director comes out, "Cut, cut, we're gonna do it again." He he uh, he said your name wrong. I'm like, "Yo, like I don't know if I can do this again. It's my you, first you time." Was, you was already done with the joke? No, yeah, yeah. I did a whole joke, 
And he said, stop. He said your name wrong. We're going to do it again. And I was like, it's they, God damn. They, you can't pick that who up? directed that? I don't want to throw nobody on the bus, but like it was but like 2008. They, yeah. But still, they should let you finish your set and then introduce no, you. No, I had to go back out and come back in. That's stupid. And I was nervous. That's, that's somebody that doesn't know comedy. Yeah. Doesn't know, how to, doesn't know how to shoot it. This when Young Jock was. was hot. Because Young Jock was in the front row like I'm Young Jock. Like he was like the celebrity there of the night. Like mm. Young Jock, yeah. What role do you think he'd be in now? <laughs> like, get, get, that, get that Young Jock love like, You know what I mean Still get in What role Young Jock should do? never have to pay To get in like a hip hop club now It's still it's Young Jock Come on You're you playing your song Yeah come on song. I got you. It's yeah, Young Jock yeah. You sit over there Yeah they should never did that Yeah yeah It was nerve wracking But shit <laughs> What you gonna do man <laughs> Nervous as hell I really want you to name Name but I'm not gonna let it I'm Name comics that were what? I'll Let, I'll, I'll, we'll just do it off camera. What? What? What's the question? No. Maybe I get you something. I get you answer. Oh, you did say James Hanna, didn't you? Oh yeah, yeah. Rest his soul. That wasn't. He wasn't being a dick though. I no, think he, he was just. I think he was more being a dick to you. I think he was more just comment on the state of comedy. Like, no one's ever like. They find him. Yeah, no one's ever been like a dick to me. You know what I mean? Maybe like, you know, occasionally you'll get your G thing moment. It's like, what's wrong with him? You know what I mean? And then what you say? Your G thing moment. Everybody like has a G thing moment. You know what I mean? You it's meet- not the guy from St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, the comedian. G thing. Yeah. What's a, what's I, a G thing moment? It's like you know, G thing is funny. Then, but like coming up back in the day, like G thing, you know, sometimes I have like a problem with you. Like, what's wrong with you? Like he would just be weird towards me. Yeah. And a couple, a lot of younger comics. When I started, like me and James had kind of like James Davis comedian. We started like writing a lot. Like you start getting gigs, like you know what I mean, and so like our peers were very excited for us. But some people was just like, you know, I remember doing a couple shows where like they would bring us up, like yo, these next guys, and say some credits we were proud of because we just getting started. But you know, he, I remember he said one time he go, <laughs> talking about these comics, <laughs> I got a walk in closet. Ask me, can you walk in their closet? And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I can't. That's kind of funny. Though. Yeah, but he was mad. It was funny if he was like joking. He was like, <laughs> "I've been on." You know, you know, you get that moment every now and then, but not nothing serious where nobody was like hating on me. Also, yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> I thought when I got in the business, everybody just got along. Yeah, I don't know why. I thought like it was that. the most. I will say it is a very supportive community as a whole. But every now and then you get people have their moments, and you know. Things happen, but yeah. as a whole, like anytime somebody gets in trouble, I've seen comics start GoFundMe's, oh, and yeah. donate. The one that I don't know if you remember. Do you ever meet Rudy Moreno? That's the first person to ever. That's crazy. That's the first person. That's my first real show was Tuesday at the Ice House Rudy Moreno, and then he booked me for my first pay gig was at the Commerce Casino. And uh, Darren Carter, the party starter. Yeah, he, he was uh, on the show, and I remember him from comedy. He was like, oh, that was my first show. Yeah, that's crazy. Because yeah, yeah. I was in a bad place at one point. Like, just, we got two new kids. I wasn't working as much as people thought, and we were living in a house, so we were behind a little bit. And Rudy had that Commerce Casino, yep. and he paid me 150 bucks, but I could sell my CDs after the show. So I had to walk out of there with three, $400 at the end of the night, which was fucking right. It felt like three, 4000 mm-hmm. back then. And I was like, dude, and I remember when he had this surgery and he couldn't work for a couple of years ago, couldn't work, and he... They, they put a GoFundMe up, and he said, he goes, I got to humble myself, and I haven't been working, so we started. And I remember, I think I, I how much I gave, 500 or 1,000 or something, and I just remember as soon as I donated, Ken Jung just trumped the shit out of my <laughs> donation. Call me vain, but I left my name because I wanted Rudy to know, hey, I, I, I'm thinking of you, you know what yeah. I mean? I didn't do it anonymously. I wanted to see, not for self-gratification, I wanted to know, hey, man, I'm yeah. still thinking about you. Here comes fucking Ken Jung. If I donate a thousand, he came in with two, 
And then yeah. the goal was like 25,000. It hit like 23 and Ken just went, fuck it. I'll put another 3,000 in to take him over the top. But I was just I'm like- the real friend here. Right? <laughs> and he left this long heartfelt message saying the same thing I was saying, like, dude, he put so much money in so many comics pockets yeah, when they needed it. When they needed it. But that's what I'm saying, as a whole, when shit hits the fan, if you're a halfway decent person, commerce is gonna rally. Oh yeah. We're gonna rally around each other. Especially on the holidays, like when I was like single, like I would cook or like make sure like, you know, some comics that don't have a place to go. You know what I mean? We all make sure we good. It's a group of us to make sure like on Christmas, hey you ate, Thanksgiving, hey you ate. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, make sure everybody good. I feel like the community is good with that. Some people just don't like each other, and like, it's just it is what it is. Oh yeah, you got comedians. Our personalities just yeah, they they grade on, it, and you don't know why. There's there's a couple comics where I'm like, I think it's just me and them. We yeah. don't mix, but I don't have anything bad to say about them as a person. Yeah, we just, it's just like don't for whatever reason. Yeah, we don't vibe like like us. Yeah, I don't like you. you I know don't what I mean? really like you either. I'm here because you're 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 assistant producer friend mm -hmm. big cool i'm big cool with him yeah we play call of duty i didn't yeah i didn't really want you i know i know honestly i know this is the jacket i wear when i don't want to do things g things uh canceled <laughs> so i had to get you last second that's why i called you yesterday i appreciate it man <laughs> <laughs> but i see like comics yeah they we, we cut for each other it's like you know especially when you're coming up you know because it's like levels you think damn i ain't gonna never make no money in this business and then maybe you make a little money. Then you're like, all right, cool. And it's like, with your boys, like you just kind of like always look out. You know what I mean? It's like a, a thing. Like you know, yeah. what I mean? especially in LA, it's a, it's a, it's a different beast. I, I I didn't come up in New York. I don't know that world. Like to be open micing, getting mm -hmm. your name out there in New York. I'm I'm a West Coast guy. I started in LA with all these struggling comics. Yep. I started. People said, don't start a comedy in LA. Don't start acting in LA. Like started in Texas, I was like, oh, I'm moving. Oh my god! I, well, I started in San Diego. I was close to LA. I thought the whole state of California was LA. I didn't realize there was other cities because that's funny. When you grow up in Ohio, you're just like, well, I think the whole state is Cal California, LA, right? Because you look at David Lee Roth. What was the video? California Girls it was LA. <laughs> I didn't know there was a Fresno. <laughs> The fuck is this Eureka California shit? I couldn't imagine growing up doing. I, I all them dudes in New York. That's dope. Like. That lifestyle is dope. You know what I mean? The weather, the rats for me, like all that ass eyes for me. The LA, it was like I had to just do it out here. All right, open mic it. All right, cool. What I gotta do? All right, cool. Then finally got on the road with Tony Rock. And then mm -hmm. it was like, oh, thank God. Like, what a dick. Dog, let me tell you something. Asshole. No, I'm joking. Uh, one of the best, <laughs> best, one of the best like experiences like going on the road with Tony. I remember asking Garrett, because he went on the road with Garrett. And I asked Garrett, because Garrett cut my hair. I was like, yo. Who's he, Garrett? Garrett? Garrett Dixon. He's a comedian. Okay. He used to open uh, with Tony. That's like the, his right-hand man. I was like, yo, I'm about to ask Tony, can I go on the road him? You, you think you care? Would you care? He's like, nah. I asked Tony at the comedy union. I ain't know Tony like that. It's like, how you doing, man? My name's Sydney. He's like, what's up, yo? I was like, uh, can I open for you on the road? You got 20 minutes, yo? I was like, yeah. He's like, give me a number. If I got something, I'll hit you. I was like, all right. Like five days later, Schomburg Improv, in and out. I was like, in. <laughs> I bet. And that was it. And I was like, all right. <laughs> Where's Schomburg? It's Chicago. Yeah, it's like, no, but that's whenever he wants you to do a date, it's very simple. Can't see improv. You in or out. That's in or out. That's mm -hmm. all I want to know. Like, yeah, all right, bet. You got to get there, boom. Yeah. On the road with him, yeah. Yeah, Tony's dope, man. Yeah. Like, people don't know, like, you know, on the road with him, like, every day, like, Thursday through Sunday shows, we're going to block two hours. We're going to come to the room and write. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm not like yeah. that. I'm just so good. <laughs> I don't need to do that. So he helped me develop a lot of stuff, like going on the road, man. Yeah, Tony yeah. showed me a lot of stuff. Yeah, I don't need that. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, you 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 know what I mean, Gary, baby. I don't fucking need to write. <laughs> I just I just wing it. <laughs> been very light, man. Tony introduced me a lot on the road, man. My How many years have you been on the road with Tony? Shit. How many relationships was I on the road with Tony? <laughs> <laughs> like, I would say like a year and a half, two years maybe. And then you've been on the road with Marlon too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Lonnie. On the road Lonnie with Love? Yeah. I was on the road with Lonnie for a hot second. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This Long. before the real? Yeah. Yeah, this is like... <laughs> Yeah, it's before the real her grinding. I remember she got the real. You know what I mean? Whatever. And I was like, ah, I was like, all right, cool. But yeah, Lonnie was cool. Yeah, I did the pilot for the real. Oh, work. Like the first episode ever. And I remember they was calling me like, yeah, they got this new daytime talk show. They don't know if it's gonna go. Will you come in and do the pilot? And I was like, yeah, I wasn't doing anything. And I remember me and my wife. We just celebrated our ten year wedding anniversary. This is two thousand thirteen. And I went in. I thought. When I saw the cast, I thought it was going to be Tamar and everybody else falls in line. And even at the pilot, I go, oh, wait a minute. Lonnie's kind of the the balance between yeah. everybody. She's the one. You know what I mean? I go, oh, she's kind of running the ship here a little bit. Yeah. They all kind of bounce off Lonnie. I was like, oh. And then it got picked up. And Real's been good to me because that's the one consistent <clears throat> daytime talk show I've, I've been on. Yeah. And like every season I've been on for something. Yeah. You my know. best friend, like her name is Shiana, the first couple of seasons, she was an EP on that. Like she helped show run that show with um, the 495 Productions. Mm-hmm. You know, so that show was like, oh, that was her first show. I was like, oh, okay. I heard she Tiffany got tested for it too. Oh, word. Yeah, I heard Tiffany was, of course, they're going to test a bunch of people. Yeah. But I remember them, them telling me Tiffany tested for it, and I can't remember who else. It was such an interesting mix of people that they brought on. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, that's such a. They don't know what they're doing. Like in casting period, I'll be feeling like they're just trying to get like a team to jail, and then they're like, "Oh, they, okay, this hits." But like they be bringing in like, yeah, that's my opinion. But yeah, <laughs> it's almost like I was when I was, who was I talking to? Um, I was talking to Marlon about that movie that nobody ever saw called Behind the Smile that Damon did, and Marlon was a stand-up. Right. And I was like, uh, I was like, I thought that movie would be pretty good because it was fr- Damon put it together, so he is a stand-up. Mm-hmm. He knows how that world is. You know, do you ever see Punchline with Tom Hanks and mm-hmm. Sally Field? Who are those people? Oh, there's no, it's like some actor people, but they played comedians in this movie. Okay. So it's a pretty good stand up movie. I will. But Damon's in it. Damon's in it. And they put like real stand ups in it. You know, that's a whole other world that I think people don't, I think um, they, don't get, they don't see enough of the life of a stand up. Oh, man. There's a documentary out there that was pretty good. And I can't remember. The comedian. The name of it. Is that what it is? With documentary? Seinfeld and uh, Orny Adams? No, okay. no. Uh, I know Theo Vaughn's in it. Oh, and, okay. and they really are on the road showing how the shitty hotels comics stay in. And Theo goes, sometimes when you're starting out, he goes, you're literally, you're sharing a room with a headliner that's now pushing 50, that's bitter, that's mad that his career isn't. And he goes, and you're literally laying in bed looking at him going, is this me in 20 years? <laughs> no, that's, you know, it's funny. I've been blessed where, like, I didn't have to really do that. Like, the first, maybe once, once was with D-Ray. I asked D-Ray, can I open for him? He was like, yeah, all right, cool. Denver Improv. I, and I booked my own hotel, right? And I booked, like, next to a Motel 6. 
right? And I was heard Motel Five. Yeah, like literally, <laughs> the Motel Six was so bad. I, the one next door to it, which is equivalent, I literally kid you not, was ha- hearing some prostitute argue with whoever she was in the car with. Like, you know, you said this, this amount of money. Like, it was in a bad area. The, Is her the, name Jill? No. <laughs> <laughs> when I told the club where I was staying, they were Jill? pissed. They was like, no. They pulled me out and put me in a hotel. Like, with, mm. you know what I mean? But then I travel with people that like, like you know, I get to stay with them or be they have in their contract where it's dope. Mm. So it's like, all right, bet. Yeah, I don't, I didn't have the, uh, so the people had them stories. Grind. I don't have them horrible, like, road S stories. Like, nah, like, yeah, I got a few, but I think that's just the. But the thing about the the horror stories when they're happening, they suck. But they make the best stand up oh, stories. Yeah, nobody cares about. Hey, I stayed at the Marriott yeah. and I got four standing O's at the Denver Improv. And you're like this. <laughs> that story sucks, dude. Yeah, I want the story where you got ripped off by the promoter and he had a yeah. gun on the table and you had to make a decision. Uh, <laughs> that's that's uh, I've heard that story from a comic. Your, your boy. Marlon? Yeah. Yeah, he, he, told, he me told it. I and mean, I told him a story where a guy ripped me off in Columbus, Ohio, where he opened the safe up and the the gun was on top of the money. And he said, now, how much are you again? Motherfucker, all of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it sounds good. <laughs> I know. It's just like, never mind. That's crazy. I, I remember telling him, I was like, man, I said, you make too much money for somebody to be robbing you. He was Ripping like, you off? Yeah, he was like, man, it's okay, man. You know, you know got to deal with him. I just I'm operating love. You're like, yeah. all, right, all right, whatever. Well... It's also a huge difference where when he told me it was about $3,000, Barlin's okay. Yeah. Some people really need that money. Yeah. I forget, like, sometimes he rich. You know what I mean? We're cool, so it's like, I treat you like a friend. I remember one mm-hmm. time he doing something, I said, why are you, why are you spending this money? I said, we got to do all this shit. What the fuck? That costs too much money. He's like, Sydney, I, I booked a movie this year and my special came out. Like, I, I'm good, bro. I was like... <laughs> I forget. I said, man, my bad. I forget. You know what I mean? I just like, you don't, you know what I mean? I see unnecessary shit, I'll say it. But like, you know, the, he got bread. You know what I mean? You it just was, forget because you hang around so much. You're like, oh, he's he's like me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, nah, but you know. My feature one time, we went, we went shopping. We was in Orlando. And he took the funniest picture because I had like a Louis Vuitton bag and he had like a Kohl's bag. <laughs> and he literally went headliner shopping and feature shopping. <laughs> and I didn't realize what he was doing. He goes, hold your bag up. And I went, all right. And he took the picture and then he captioned it. You want to know the difference between a headliner and an opener? That's he goes, funny. look where he's shopping like I'm shopping. I go, oh, I didn't catch what the fuck you That's was doing. Funny. And I was shopping for my wife. I wouldn't get me shit from Louis Vuitton. I remember watching you before I did stand up, bro. That's what's crazy. Where like, at? Just the comedy view, bro. Like you was like, Comedy View, like watching you, like yo, you was the dude that was funny on Comedy View, and then you, you start hosting Comedy View. Yeah. It's like that's crazy. Like it's like that's when I started like really getting into comedies. Like you know what I mean? The air like comedy, you know what I mean? Comedy mm-hmm. View back in the day, like that. Like you and uh, what's my man name? Uh, Ramon Murray. Roman Murray. Roman Murray. Lavelle Crawford. Like when they was doing Comedy View, I was waiting tables back and forth. Damn, you brought out some Roman Murray. Doug, they used to be so funny to me where I was like, I want to do comedy. Like I used to like Ralph Harris. I used to watch his specials and stuff. And like before I started to stand up, and like Roman Murray, Lavelle Crawford, like you was hosting Comedy View. Like a bunch of comments, like man, y'all, they good. If I could, if I could figure that shit out, you know what I mean? Yeah, I should have. I wish I would have known you back then. I would have told you. Hey man, this is natural. No, between Comic View and Fresh Prince of Bel Air, that's what got gas gas in the car and I moved. I was like, oh, I got think I could do this. Oh, Fresh Prince. Dog, literally so looking at Fresh Prince like. Do you see the anniversary? I can't watch it yet. I will. I, mean, oh. I know I'm gonna cry. That's the reason I got in this business. I, you know what I mean? I'm gonna watch it, but it's like I literally watched Fresh Prince and was like, I want to do this. I'm not gonna play basketball like that. I'm I'm finna go. I'll well, be- you know what's crazy is 
I had a holding deal with Quincy Jones like oh, 20 years ago, right? TV show didn't go anywhere, but I got to hang out with Quincy Jones for like six months, solid, like a couple times a week at the house trying to put this show together at his house, obviously not my house. <laughs> but the stories he would tell just about Michael Jackson, Frank Sinatra, but the Fresh Prince one where he said, yeah, he goes, you know, I'm at this party and Will's, I don't know who, I don't really know who Will Smith is. I'm like, yeah, this guy's a young rapper. He goes, and I, he's watching him work the room, like just charismatic work in the room and everything. He goes, man, there's something about that dude. So they he came up with the idea and got with Benny Medina and told his life, you know, hybrid of Benny Medina and Will Smith's life. He said, and the networks was like, a rapper? Ah. Right? <laughs> Will Smith, by the way. Yeah. Not no gangster rapper. Yeah. They just heard rapper. And I guess Quincy had to go get all the advertisers. So he went and like called McDonald's and called Kraft and like, we're going to put the show together. Will you sponsor it? So he came back to the, wow. I think it was NBC with all these sponsors. Like they'll advertise on this show. But the network was worried because all they heard was rapper. Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't think know. Think about Will Smith. Though. Our audience. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nah. Uh, oh, and he, keep in mind, even back then, it was parents just to understand yeah. some of, some how of, out of yeah. touch things are. God, that sitcom was so good. It was amazing, bro. And Carlton was my favorite. It was amazing. All them characters, like it was, it was just a great ass show. I mean, I mean, I grew up with a dad, so like the whole moment of having a dad, I was trying to relate to. I couldn't, but it was still a dope ass show. Did, you didn't cry the Ben Vereen episode when his dad came back in? No, me and my dad watched it together. It was like, oh, you didn't cry? No, no, I didn't. All right, fuck it. I was, uh, all right, dude. When I say I was by myself, and yeah. I start looking around like. <laughs> <laughs> I you, was gone. Look, when you grew up in a two-parent home, you're like, where are the jokes? Yeah, no. <laughs> I was hurt. I, I had seen Ben Vereen walk out. I go, that's Webster's uncle. Yeah. He's a dick. I'm looking at my dad like, why would he leave? Yeah. <laughs> He's coming back. He, he got right? a job. You come back? Oh, well. You can't have a Debbie dad. And dad's got a job. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, but that was when we were, I mean, that show was just it's iconic, man. And that, uh, Fresh Prince, bro. That's when I started liking Tyra Banks. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, oh, I forgot you. I had was a on crush that. on Tyra Banks, and then the movie uh, Love and Basketball is when I stopped liking Tyra Banks, and I started liking Sanaa. Sanaa, like that. It's two good, yeah. two good choices, bro. Got Tyra on the cover of was it Sports Illustrated, or one of the magazines. That's one of the best covers I ever seen in my life. Yeah. I'm like 20 when that came out, mm -hmm. and I was like, what? the My boy fuck? used to have him in his wall. He had all her pictures. Like he's like, this is my celebrity crush. Like in in school, like had mm -hmm. it on his fucking wall. Yo, I ain't gonna lie, I wrote. I wrote the one out a couple times to that cover. Oh, word. Mm -hmm. Do your thing. Sometimes. I had, I, let me tell you something. I have fucking ACL surgery. Mm. So I can't do nothing for a couple weeks. My knees all. When I finally got, I was able to actually go to the bathroom. Yeah. I was staying at a friend's house because I lived on an apartment that was on the third floor with no elevator. I couldn't get up to my apartment because I had ACL surgery. So I had to stay at a, friend, a military buddy's house. And finally I could get, I got up to the bathroom after like three days after surgery and why am I now coming off the meds a little bit? And I look over and right next to the bathroom, they had a, you know, the magazines, the people had magazines next to the toilet. Mm. And that's where that Tyra Banks cover was. I just went, oh, do you, bro. Fuck it. Go do you, bro. <laughs> you got to do you. And I had you. the perfect excuse because <laughs> I just can't get my shorts down, my knee and everything else, yeah. man. Listen. Sorry, Dave and Gretchen. I rubbed one out in your bathroom. Hey. And Tyra, sorry. What's up? Uh, it was can, amazing. Can you make me feel good, Holly Berry, in the movie? Can you make me Monsters feel Ball? good? Monsters Ball? That was on VHS. I paused it. This is when I was like new to jacking off. Because I started jacking off for like, uh, the story went here, sorry, uh, uh, on uh, Showtime. What's the, what's the, uh, 
forget her name. But anyway. Showtime? Yeah. A show on Showtime? Remember the Showtime Cinemax? Cinemax was like a, Cinemax. A, Angela Tweed. Angela, what's her name? Uh, Shannon Tweed. Shannon Tweed. Something. Mm-hmm. Forget whatever. First time I started dragging off. But Holly Berry, can you make me feel good? That scene. Oh, you talk about some good teenage rubber. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I did that with such intensity. Yeah. yeah. I remember my dad called me jacking off. I was finishing, right, in a trash can. Like, oh. In a trash can? I was young. And so I was finishing, and I turned around. My dad was in the doorway. He was like, <laughs> when you're done, I want to talk to you. <laughs> and he, like, walked off. I was like, fuck. What'd he say? What the fuck are you doing in there? And I was like, uh, what the fuck am I doing? I was like, if I was my son, I'd be like this. Uh, Girl, right? You thinking of a girl? I was like, Dad, come on. You ain't never jacked off? And my mama hit me. Don't you have to disrespect your daddy? I was like, this is what we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, everybody, yeah, I'm jacking off. I'm not selling dope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? Yeah, come on. I'll make There's cool. There's a lot of things I can be doing right now. Yeah, I make cool grades. I'm not a gang. Let me jack off every now and yeah. then when a good movie comes out. Good I could have sold three dime bags. next time, Dad. You know what I mean? <laughs> I never, hold on. You start jacking off in high school like most teenage boys. I thought something was wrong with me. I thought I got a problem. Yeah. And then I went to boot camp and I thought I cured it. <laughs> I thought when I went to boot camp, I go, I, like three weeks into boot camp, I go, wait a minute. I haven't, I haven't jacked off in a while. Yeah. I'm good. And then as soon as I got home on leave, I was by myself again. I went, what the fuck? Oh, dog. Yeah, then you start feeling. Think about the primitive ways we jacked off. To magazines? Yeah. There was no videos back then. My boy, uh, growing up, his dad had a big Playboy collection. So, like, all the classic Playboys he had, like, all of them. So, when the new ones come out, we go to his house and listen. Hey, bro, you think I can get the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let me get this issue. All right, but bring it back tomorrow because my dad be, I got you. Let me get June, homie. Oh, listen. Brought them things back. Pages sticking together. Here you go, brother. That was amazing. Oh, I didn't. I was respectful. Oh. Here's a real last story. No, okay, the, boom. The, the book stays over here. I, I had to prop it up and look. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't down here. I tried to get it propped and be like, let me see, like, like this water. Prop it up. Be like this. Okay. Hey, yo. <laughs> my first apartment, my studio apartment was in North Hollywood, right? And when I get my porn, I used to get it at Lord Kane and Ventura, right across from the Kinko's. Damn, you know it's, more than I do. It's like it's a newsstand, right? And in the newsstand, they would have like they would have like you know titty magazines, but in the back, but in the back would be a little disc, right? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get your little, get your little disc. Have a good little, you know, ten minutes, like a little intro disc. Hmm. Let's, yeah, let's go down there. How about that? I didn't even yeah. know that. Yeah. Then I started, you know, just you know, having sex. You know what I mean? Yeah. But <laughs> that. that that decreases a lot. When <laughs> you, know, you actually start sleeping yeah, with people. I was like, oh, well, this is that way better. Yeah. <laughs> this is only emergency use only. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought this was like, you know, drink water. You're supposed to do this every day, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember you want to hear something disgusting since we're already on the topic. <laughs> so in high school I had the little single bed, but when I jack off, I I take the toilet paper and just wipe myself off. And then I kept putting it on the side of the bed. Mm. And then one day my mom moved the fucking bed because we were doing something in the room, and I ain't lying. There oh. were so many just Build pieces up. of toilet paper. I was like, I was just picking up. Mom goes, what the fuck? And I go, I did I have, uh, my nose running a lot. I'm just cleaning up. <laughs> like, knock next time. Knock. <laughs> there were so many little toilet papers yeah. on the side of the bed. To me, it was like a natural thing. That's why I always got in trouble because I was always like, like, relax. It's jacking off. Like, you've done it, like, and I would say that, and like, boom, get hit. Ordering porn, mm-hmm. like, they left me home by myself, and I, you know, it's like, yes, and, you know, I ordered 
I think three hundred dollars worth of porn. Jesus Christ, and dude! My, my mom was like, back then, you know, it was like, you know, it was like ten hour videos. Never shake your hand again. My baby was a long time ago. Straight elbow. But like, but they went to Houston without me, like for a weekend. They came back with a fucking bill because like all I did all day was like jack off. You, you know, I'm fifteen, dog, and you left me with cable, like a pay per view channel. Dog. You didn't even think like I well, didn't. My parents are gonna find out. I thought my dad would be the real one. And like see it and not say shit, but on God, I remember being in the office and my mom was in the kitchen and she said, Sydney, get your ass in here. And I was like, what's up? And she's like, you think you grown? And I was like, she's like, what in the fuck is, and she started naming the videos off. I remember my dad chuckled like, <laughs> and he was like, this ain't funny, Ted. That's what she said. And she, I got grounded, but it was like, I, she said, who do you think gonna pay for this? And well, uh, that. That's a terrible punishment. What are you gonna do in the room by yourself, dog? Hey, hold on, Sydney. What the fuck? You're grounded. No, uh, my dad was. They like, should have given you like more yard work. Yeah, yeah. Where are you out? Hey, man. Like I was. It was Your one mom of didn't things, think that through. It's one of the things you get in trouble for. He's like, "Well, mama, come on, come on." I know you never been a fifteen year old kid, but I was in Six Flags where y'all was gone. <laughs> I jacked off in y'all bed, my bed, the kitchen. I jacked off everywhere in here. Don't trust nothing in here. I don't know how this. Conversation. You started that went. way. I was talking about like God um, and bringing people closer to Christ, and he was like, "Jack off, Jack off." This conversation went left quick. That's crazy. Yeah, we was just being honest in here, Black Panther. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I, I shouldn't have had that mask. You know, it's interview. all good, man. I should not have. Had <laughs> I should have had some other shit. I should have had a monster's ball like a bird. I should have had a bird in a cage, yeah. just flapping around. Now I jack off every if you're on the road every Thursday, like that. That first, you know, you get in your hotel. You like you just let it out and then who did a funny joke about yeah. that? God damn it, the guy's funny as shit. He opened for me a lot. Um, Gerard Gilbury. You oh know that yeah, is? Gerard. Yeah, funny he, dude. He had the funniest joke, and I'm gonna repeat it. This is Gerard Gilbury's joke, but I used to laugh every time he said he goes, he goes something about walking into a nice clean hotel room just makes you horny and want to jack off immediately. <laughs> he goes, you just want and you don't know what to do. You want to jack off on the sofa on the bed and you're wiping off on the curtains you're like i go was, the way his delivery was so good I was, every time i used to laugh because i go it's so true it's the truth bro and if the hotel trying to be ridiculous and only carry shampoo and conditioner then you got to call down there and be like hey can you bring me like three or four lotions up? you need three or four you'd be upset absolutely i need three or four and then tomorrow i'm gonna need probably like two or three yep. <laughs> I, I always go to the front desk and ask for the shampoo with this lotion. Hey, man, uh, I need some shampoo and lotion. You know what it is. I come in yeah. drunk. Hey, send it up. You just go straight for lotion. I diffuse. I got to get soap and some other shit. Toothpaste? Send it uh, up. Hey, a lotion. Yeah. Just a little. I don't need the Thursday bottle. shows. You got to hype yourself up. Really? Yeah. I'm glad I know that now. Yeah. Don't sit, I, we that, just went on the road together last month. Let me tell you something. I went ham in Kansas City Hotel. Did you? Oh, absolutely. It was a Waffle House near. You know what I mean? There's nothing to do in that hotel. You jack <laughs> off to the show. <laughs> What's up, Gary? Why did you tell me that? I mean, you help with merch. I didn't high five you. You know what I mean? I give you my phone because the square was on it. You're supposed to wipe your phone down periodically anyway. You can't blame me for that. I need some. Can we? Okay. But We're looking teeth- for sponsors for the podcast. Purell, <laughs> if you're out there. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. This got real dark, but real silky smooth. Hey, man, honest. It got honest. This podcast, too. We, we got honest. Yeah. With Gary. So you, uh, thank you. Hey, dope. Asking you shall receive around here. It's a dope setup, man. Let me get um, some You diehard Cowboys fan? Yeah, man. Like, yeah, man. What happened? 
it just hurts that we bad. You know what I mean? The decisions that I feel like we make is just it's ridiculous. Are you a believer in Dak? Yes, I am. Yeah, I, I really, I really think he's dope. I think they should have paid him. Yeah, I think. Uh, but I mean, they offered him some money. It's like in the negotiation stage. He keep betting on himself, and he was doing great, man. Just a freak, fucking injury happens. You I'm a Bengals I mean? fan. You know me. Oh, that that right there. Oh, and you know what sucked about it, man? I I know it's not a knife in your back. When you're being honest, the Bengals been bad for a lot of years, and then you finally get the the guy everybody's talking about. You get him, and he's not bad, bro. Like I, no, he's, he's really good. He's really good. And then for him to get hurt, and then it was like, I saw his tweet before I saw the injury. You can't get rid of me. I'll be back next year. Then the injury was like, he broke everything. It's like, you know, his knees, his ankles. Yeah, yeah. And I want him to, because it's like, but it's like. You know what I didn't realize? I was talking to, I was talking to Andre Johnson, the used to be a wide receiver for the Texans. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking to him the night before the Bengals game where he got hurt. This is this is what's crazy how this conversation went. And, uh, and, you know, I'm, hey, we think Joe Burrow, though. What do you think? He goes, yo, I think he could be one of the greatest of all time. And I went, wait a minute. I'm going to start crying. Why would you say all time? I go, he's just a rookie. He goes, he's got to realize he comes from a part of the country that's just broke. And even though he wasn't super broke, his dad was a, a coach. You know, he goes, his mentality is different because in that area, your only way out is football. Mm. He goes, so... A lot of these other high number one draft picks, white guys especially, mm-hmm. they got options or they come from money. So they ain't got that dog survival mentality or like an Andrew Luck, like, uh, I'm not, I'm worried about my health and there's more to life than this. Burroughs football, Athens, Ohio, there ain't shit. Everybody's broke. Dad's a football coach. That's all he's got. So I was like, I never thought about that. Damn. Especially a white dude. Yeah. Think about that. He goes, his mentality is just different. I want him to come back and like kill. I want him to take his time, but I want him to be back. But you know he's going to go through rehab and just be in there every day, not yeah. slacking. So what's the timetable on that? Most, they say 9 to 12 months, which means perfect world, and you're still getting a chance is he's ready by like week one or two. He's definitely not going to play in training camp. And hold, the hold long, him. he comes back November, December next year. Hold him, man. Just hold him, hold, hold him and just keep hold him. But it's hard when you're a quarterback. And the bad part about the injury is our own guy blocked his guy into him. Like, our own lineman was beat. And just, you know what? I'm just going to keep blocking my guy into the pocket. And that's what really fucked him up. Because you didn't have a 300-pound land on him. You had two 300-pound men. Uh, Just fuck his knee up. And I went, and everybody knew it was coming. Everybody fucking knew it, man. That shit hurt my soul. Finally got the franchise guy. So now you just... Cause you're gonna be bad going out. What do you do in the first round? You just go get lineman. You, yeah, you get that kid from Oregon, that Ooh, the Penny Sewell, that big fucker. Oh, yeah, sitting yeah. out this year. You get him, and then second round you get another lineman, and the third round you get another lineman. Think they're gonna do that? And then the fourth, fifth round you get another lineman. Yeah. You like okay, four you're gonna be bust, but four you're gonna be okay. Who do you draft a quarterback? Hell no, you get a you get a free agent. You don't need another rookie. You don't need a young guy. You need a vet. Like what? Like a Ryan Fitzpatrick. I would I would go after like a Sam Darnold. He ain't gonna make it in New York. You don't think so? Let let Sam Darnold be perfect in Cincinnati because he could probably play five or six games, play his way into a new deal, and just keep him for one year. And then when when Burrow's ready, why Jameis? I would take Jameis too. I would love to have Jameis for a season, just a just a holdover. They should make that deal now. Can they? Is it too late? It's too late now. But next year, 
I'd be perfectly okay with that. If you can get somebody to just hold the fort over, to yeah. give us a little hope, because the quarterbacks we got now aren't it. Who would who you back up? Ryan Finley and Brandon Allen, and they're not it. They're not it? Neither of them. So I'm like, get one of these guys that – what about – I don't know why they don't – nobody gets a, goes after Josh Rosen. Rosen. I watched him in college thinking he was about to be the next Troy Aikman. Well, I was like, he's supposed to be dope. He still dope. might. And then they just sh- – you know what it is? Some college quarterback, I think me and you talked about this, maybe long, get the shitty deal. It's like, it's not your fault, but like, Clawson gets drafted by the Panthers, and then next year, we got a chance to go grab this phenom called Cam Newton. Right. And then you never hear from him again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, yo, Rosen, okay, so, so bad first year. Okay, cool. A lot of cool. Eggman went one in fucking forever his first year. But then we got a chance to draft Kyler Murray. Sorry. Not only, but Carlos did it right. They got the right coach for Kyler Murray. Cliff yeah. Kingsbury is the right coach yes. for him. He's known him since forever. He's been yeah. wanting this kid forever. Yeah. Then you go to Miami, and they say it's a quarterback competition, but really they're doing so bad. They're they trying to get a quarterback in a draft eventually. Mm-hmm. So then you get a shitty deal there. Now you just that dude. Now you just, you know what I mean? Never. He never really had. But he, there's, listen, there's so many quarterbacks. Steve Young was not that good in Tampa. Goes to goddamn. Uh, I never even knew he played for Tampa. Yeah, his first couple of years was Tampa. He got drafted by Tampa. I never knew that. Then he goes to 49ers. Star. Look what happened. You know what I mean? It, Kurt Warner could not get on a team. Brett Favre was on Atlanta yep. before he went to Green Bay. There's so many they stories. They said Brett Favre didn't know the difference. He said, <laughs> what's, a, what's nickel? What do you mean nickel? What dime? What is that? Oh, they said he was hung over. It was like, oh, that's a, that means that it's just a, it's a defensive back versus. <laughs> What the fuck? Okay, what up? So it's just a, a smaller guy there? Yeah. Come on, man. Get the ball in there. Let's say hut. Like he was. Dude, there's so many stories of, of guys. Look at look at Tannehill, right? Tannehill. Yeah. Leaves Miami and He's goes to 30. Tennessee. Balling out of control, but he the system wasn't right for him. Yep. You don't even know what you got in Josh Rosen, but I know Josh Rosen is better than what they got now. Would you take you take Josh in, in Cincinnati? I would love to have him in Cincinnati. Just see what he's got. If I'm a quarterback, I don't go to Cincinnati. Ever? Right now, until you get a line, it's like it's the death wish. Yeah. It's like them in the Jets. Everybody keep acting like that. That, that Lawrence is gonna save the Jets. Who gonna block for Lawrence? Oh, but that that's a one. That's a generational type talent. So is your guy. Yeah, but you gotta go run heavy. You gotta go run heavy. You, you can't have, have to back pass, there forty though. times. It's, yeah. like, it's like the Cowboys did great. The Cowboys took their time and drafted line. Now, with Tony Romo, his injury is unfortunate. But when they got the USC kid, uh, the one of the best tackles in the league for mm-hmm. years, uh, Smith, whatever. Yeah. And we got the center. And we got, we got great Zach linemen. Martin. Yeah, we guard. We got great linemen. And we built around the line. No one now it's like, we'll get a quarterback. We'll get a third-round tackle. Let's get this defensive back. Like, stay at the line, at least for a draft. Like, don't leave until you get the best line you can Well, they, here's the thing about Cincinnati. They made some moves, and they, they – they tried because they got that kid from Dallas, but he got hurt in training camp. That guard, Louis Louis, Tui Tui or something. He's he's gonna be decent, but he got he's coming back this week finally. But they did that. They made, they got rid of Carlos and brought that backup in. They you know they got the kid from Alabama, Jonas. So they they weren't like who could not you trade trying. to get more picks right now? Even if it's the second third round. Like they, AJ. What they, here's what they got to do. They got, I think Jonah Williams is a good right tackle. They got to draft a left tackle, which could be the guy from Oregon. They got to sign a free agent guard. They need a free agent guard. Would so, you trade Joe Mixon for a first round pick? Hell no. Joe's a okay. real deal. I know. 
The fact that Joe can but do what mean, he's doing behind that line? Yeah. Hey, so Joe's only sac- like 24. Do you sacrifice Joe for picks? You can maybe get two first rounds. No. Go get them linemen. You can no. go draft a quarter a running back. You don't. You don't because do, he's a good blocker too. That's why Giovanni Bernard's still on the team. He's he's running back. But when it gets third and long and I see Giovanni Bernard back there, I'm like this. All right, he's going to pick up the blitz and linebacker. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm a, like, I like a lot of the Bengals. I, they did Giovanni Bernard the year they did uh, the show. The, what's the, hard Knocks. They did Hard Knocks the year he got. Uh, yeah. It was his rookie year. Like, I'm a fan of a lot of y'all's players. I like Chad Johnson. I just That was great. We're just damn near snake bit. Between Carson getting but hurt the year we had the team. Here's, here's your good side. You ready? The Browns been shitty forever. But now they're not this year. So... You can see how a team can be shitty. That's y'all next. Y'all the next Browns, man. Uh, well, I want to be the next Browns. Stay eight three seven three. I want to. I want to be. I want to be the next Chiefs. Oh Motherfuckers no! Motherfuckers are scared. Well, play. then you got to start drafting some fast, fast. I mean, you got. I mean, y'all don't play him on Madden. Ross starts because he's a. <laughs> <laughs> Ross is gone. He's I a like John, but he's speed, gone. So he's a go route boom. He's yeah. gone. He needs a new start too. He needs a new start. Look at look. At, I mean, look at Carlos like. He kind of just was like fuck Cincinnati and balling out of his mind in Seattle. He's about to go to the playoffs. He can mm-hmm. he can smell it. Yeah. I've been like I've been good in this league for a long time now. I'm we these games mean something. Like I, we finna go to the playoffs. I mean he's changed that defense around. This guy like Jamal five Adams sacks. go from the Jets and now you finna go to the playoffs. He mm-hmm. knocking your head off now. He like I'm finna go to the playoffs. Who you think's gonna win it this year? Not the Cowboys. Playoffs are gonna be fun, man. Only one team gets a bye. Yeah, I, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I think the Bucks do pretty good. I think they sneak in there, and I think they do really good. But I'm a, I'm gonna go with a uh, Seattle. I think it's just Kansas City so far ahead of everybody. Yeah, but then when they play the Raiders and they play other teams, they'd be looking like. Mm. And then when they play the Bucks, I don't know. I, I just Kansas think, City's incredible. I get it, but, but I, I think just, Mahomes is so good. I think he's gonna, gonna up to, his gonna, game. It's gonna start getting cold. You know he what I mean? Fuck. He got white mom. <laughs> <laughs> that mixed in them, baby. <laughs> I like, I like, I like like weird teams this year that's gonna do well. Like the Bills, I see the Bills, Bills the tough. Seahawks, and the Cardinals. I think if the Cardinals sneak they gotta in the playoffs, get in though. If the Cardinals can sneak in the playoffs, they letting close games go. Yeah, they if they get, get in the playoffs, I got. The, I'm going with the Cardinals too. Yeah, I'm going with the Cardinals. It, what's crazy is like every week. It's just the seedings are changing, and I'm watching going, like, it could be Tampa and Green Bay. Yeah. Wild card weekend. Yeah. Green Bay's just good. They're like, they're like the goddamn Jazz. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're, they're, never, they're great. They're good every year. They're like going Steelers. To the Steelers are good every year. Yeah, but they won their Super Bowls. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't – I'm not a Steelers fan, so I don't keep up with them. I, I mean, I hope they lose just because I'm not a big – I hate them. I don't – yeah, Ben Wallace Barger I'm, like, I'm not that bingo fan that I fucking hate them. Fuck the players. Fuck. No, not like that. Yeah. It's just – Oh, I hate them because they're good. Yeah, that's why I hate them. I don't hate the Browns. Yeah, man, being good. I hate like the Giants. I hate like I don't hate the Eagles, but I hate their fans because I actually like a lot of the Eagle players. Mm-hmm. But it's like a thing. It was like uh, talking sports. It's like uh, yeah, that's what makes you hate teams is their fans. Yeah. It's never the players of the team. I'll be honest with you. I know you're a Cowboys fan. Mm-hmm. That's the only game I've been to in my life. Where I started to hate the Cowboys because the guy <laughs> I was sitting next to was so fucking obnoxious at the game. I came bingled out, right? Four years ago. Yeah. We got our asses kicked. 28 to 14. In Dallas. Down, yeah. We was down 28 nothing first half with us 2014. But I'm bingled out. And as soon as I get to my seat, 
people started recognizing. So they're they're heckling, but they're being cool about it. Oh yeah, well, you can vote out or lose, man. I'm like, <laughs> you know, but it's fun. This dude next to me wasn't fun. Yeah. He goes, he goes, everything I said, he had to respond to. I don't need you to respond. I'm not talking to you, right? Yeah. So like they were down 28 nothing. I Bengals scores 28-7 in the fourth quarter. So now I'm being kidding around. I go, I told you, motherfuckers. We're on our way back. So they're laughing. The guy next to me is like, this motherfucker really thinks they're coming <laughs> back from 28 to sounds like this. Dude, I, I was, it was a joke. Yeah. With the funniest shit, though, the end of the game comes. This guy had to be in his mid-20s, easy. He's got his, I didn't know his grandmother sitting next to him the whole game. This old lady sitting next to him wasn't saying we're just sitting there. She gets up and goes, I heard her. We got to go. We got to beat traffic. He goes, I don't want to leave. And then I go, your grandma making you leave? <laughs> I said it real quiet. <laughs> you got to go because your grandma got to be traffic. <laughs> but he hit his head and goes, I don't want to leave. And then when I when he got up, the people around me started talking. I go, what the fuck was up with that dude? They go, I don't know, but the people that normally sit there aren't here. So clearly it was like some awesome. season ticket holders yeah, yeah, yeah. that sold it. I don't think that guy ever been to a game in yeah. his life. How you feel about Cowboy fans, I feel about Laker fans. Like I, I actually think the Lakers are dope, but talking to a Laker fan will make me go against the Lakers on purpose. So all social media, I'm like the Laker hater. And I'd say it just to get them riled up. Like every time they lose, I'm like Laker fans on your fucking feet. You know what I mean? I'm a big LeBron fan, mm-hmm. but like they just, you can't talk to them. I remember like Shannon Brown, you know, he's, he did, well, he has a ring. Well, we have rings. We have 16. Like, yeah, yeah, relax. We're just talking basketball. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. How many rings do you have, the Mavericks? It's yeah. like, so you can't talk basketball? So then be like, I'm funnier than you, so now I'm going to agitate you. So I just agitate Laker fans every year online. And it's like, I say shit just to get them riled up, but. I love the Mavericks. I love the, the Luka. I went to the game when the Mavericks played the Lakers. I, I set like the fifth row. When Luca did a backup step back on, it was a year ago today actually, on LeBron. Like I was at that game. It was a, like around Thanksgiving. I, we we won. We came back. We was down 15. That wasn't the one Kobe was talking to him, right? Uh, In his language. Uh, I think that was later in the no, year. No, 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 no. Because Kobe was sitting here and Dirk was sitting here at that time. Kobe's like sitting maybe over here. But like Dirk was there and Dirk is like the man in Dallas. Like you remember friend, Dirk stayed with us. He could have got money everywhere else. Mm. Brought a title to Kobe him. asked him to go play with the Mavericks. And he was like, I'm going to stay. I mean, he asked to go play with the Lakers. Let's go play with the Lakers. He was like, I'm going to stay with the Mavs. That whole run in 2011, I got my first tattoo that year. Uh, mm-hmm. We swept the Mavericks. That's when I got my first tattoo. Boom, that day. Then we beat Miami. Ah, so anyway, so Luca, you know, is the truth. But just being a Maverick fan, it's like, I used to be a Maverick fan when we were bad, when we used to sit up top and we were bad. We would go see, we were just bad. I remember seeing Stephon Marbury and Kevin Garnett play. Stephon had two, two points in the first half. He ended with 30. Like we were just we would get beat every game, but that's how long I've been a fan. But you know. that was the, I heard that was one of the greatest like just throw it in your face because they 2011 they win the title in Miami and then they went to live and took it over. Yes, it was a yes, yes because that series Dirk got a little sick, and then Dwayne Wade and LeBron came through the interview like when he was walking to him, it was like coughing, yeah, <laughs> and we was like okay nigga like we gonna win this. And then we we won, and they they went to live with the with with the with chip. the chip with the chip like ah we in your city with the owner, Mark Cuban went and dropped it was some like million and a half dollars they they brought out a bottle of champagne I heard that had been on ice for years they had to bring it out in a wagon it was so big and he bought it that's how it was you like do a fifty thousand dollar bottle of champagne that's how you do it that's how you do it in Miami 
That's, uh, but this is how you know men, man fans are the worst and we're the biggest groupies because say whatever you want. This is my city, whatever. I don't care what rapper was there. He was like, all right, man, welcome to the city. Yo, you know what I mean? Listen, of all the celebrities I met, like a bunch of them, like some, you know, met a bunch of people, top tier people. Athletes still outrank any actor, comedian for me. Cause for I, us. For us, yeah, because I originally wanted to do sports. So when I see like a, a athlete, I still be like, yo. Well, they have a skill we can't we can't reach. Yeah. Stand up, I can reach that. Yeah. Acting, I can reach that. I can't do what you do. So nah. you're kind of you're in looking at them reverence and in awe a little bit, like, I cannot do what you do. And they that's how they look at mm-hmm. entertainers too and comedians, like, wow, how do you do that? It's weird. Isn't it weird when you talk to an athlete? Like, man, how you being on stage? Think about that shit. Dog. How you come up with that shit? I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? You just went for 38 last night. Yo. <laughs> I had a, my first like athlete that thought I was like, you met Baron Davis came up to me one time. He's like, I mean, you're real funny. I said, like, man, I appreciate it. He's like, you know, I got some projects, you know, da, 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 whatever. I said, all right, cool. Take the meeting, first meeting. Literally, we met for like an hour and a half. I don't know what the fuck he said, bro. I was so like, you're the one of the best basketball players <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. So I was just answering questions like, yeah, yeah. We have a second meeting and I had to check myself. I said, hey man, I want to apologize for the first meeting. I was on some like, you're Baron Davis type shit. I don't know what you said. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's redo it. You know what I mean? No, we signed a five picture deal. Yeah. So, yeah. And it was like, you know, good dude or whatever. But like some, some athletes, you just be like, damn, like, damn, damn. You know what I mean? Mm. It's just because you just idolize them growing up. It's like, you know, Eddie Murphy, LeBron James. LeBron all day. Yeah. <laughs> but you guys got Luka now. Fuck. Dog. He's so good. And Luka was one of them players I can't even hate. You was like, who is this white boy from overseas, man? Like, he cannot dunk barely. He looks like a, he looked like a 24-hour fitness player that was yeah, like- Yeah, he does. He's not ripped up. That worked at 24-hour fitness, but would give you like 15, 20 points. And yeah. I was like, who is this dude? My boy's like- He's been playing professionally since he's been 16. I said, what that mean? He goes, he's been playing professionally since he's been 16. He's really good. I was like, all right. And then like he started playing. I was like, hold on, hold what on. What pick was he? Third. We 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 third and five. Like Trey Young got drafted by Dallas three. And then Luke, I think, five or something. And then we they swapped. So oh, we, that's, we almost a, had that's a good flip for both, really. And then we got Luca. Dog. Like he revived. Who was number one that year? It should have been Luca. That's a kid was, from Phoenix was number one, right? Guyton? Guyton, yeah. Aiden. DeAndre Aiden. No, Aiden. Aiden, yeah. He's wow. from Arizona. Yeah, he's still he's still gonna be a Hall of Famer. People yeah. act like just cause he's going, he's the truth. He's seven one with a jump shot. He might be like the Hakeem to Jordan. Yeah, he's you know, really act like if it's a bust, like uh Houston did get Hakeem with number one. He brought you two titles. <laughs> <laughs> we could have had Jordan. Uh, we yeah, kinda worked out, guys. Yeah, we did good. You know what I mean? Hakeem <laughs> kicked his way to a goddamn right. championship. Right. <laughs> He had that move. I used to practice like here, boom, spin, all that little soccer shit he used to do. But King was, you know, I was a Maverick fan, so but whatever. But the Rockets always had a solid ass team. I hated the Spurs. And Everybody was, hates the Spurs. Except David Robinson shook my hand one time. Like, you know, he go in the locker room mm-hmm. and he's like, he and he tapped my hand as a kid. I was like, ah, oh. like, 90, <laughs> 91, whatever his rookie year was. I was like, man, I ain't never watching this shit. David Robinson tapped it. You know, but other than that, I hated the Spurs. Only time I ever met David Robinson was at the Baskin Robbins. In San Antonio on the boardwalk, I was going to A school, military. I was in the um, Navy. I was going to school down there. Uh, police academy was down there. I went on the Riverwalk, and I was like, "What?" Here's what's crazy. I was just saw the movie Rudy, <laughs> and then Dave Robinson was at the Basket Robins. I go, "It's like the greatest sports day ever." <laughs> <laughs> well, I, hold on. 
I didn't meet him. I was yeah. in Baskin Robbins with him. Yeah. You know, he was just there. So I was just kind of looking like, that's fucking Dave Robbins. He's, what would what, he get? I think I got the same thing. What'd he just get? Oh, God, I just get the same thing as Dave Robinson. So it's, in my own yeah. mind, I'm like this. I mean, the same food as Dave Robinson. Dog. Athletes, like, you just remember that shit forever. For Ricky Henderson. I'm a kid. I'm at a Ranger game. I'm yelling, Ricky! He's by the batter's box. He looks up, and he just looks at me. I was like, he looked at me, he looked at me, he looked at me. He, Ricky! He turns around, he smiles. How you doing? I'm 39. I ain't never forgot that shit. I'm like Ricky Henderson, my favorite baseball player ever. Isn't that weird? Never forgot it. He don't fucking remember me, but as a kid. Well, you know, mm. you, your story's way better than mine, but I got a similar story where Ellis Valentine, who's an average player for the Mets, for, I had front row seats right. I didn't go to a lot of baseball games, but we were right behind the Mets dugout. And I remember he had the half football mask that mm-hmm. must have happened to his jaw. Yeah. And he was in the batter's box and he looked up at me and like gave me the peace sign and winked. Like, and I was like this. And then every time he'd come out the bat, he'd look at me again. I was like, what the fuck? We have a relationship. Like, this guy is my favorite player of all time. And to this day, I'll never forget Ellis Valentine, New York Mets. In like the mid 80s, I went to a Mets game and he was yeah. my guy from then on. What's uh, the big Met guy? I was in New York on a train. And he was just sitting there on a the train acting normal. Well, he's normal. But like I looked, I was like, I did like that. And I'm, I'm kind of a bigger dude. So I, when I get excited, I get real serious face. So it looked like I kind of want to fight you because I'm not going to be geeked. I just be like, <laughs> Mike Piazza. That's his name, Mike yeah. Piazza. And he was like just sitting there. I was like, and he sensed it. He was like, how you doing? I was like, eh. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to make it weird. You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> you just did. Yeah, yeah. And I got off. I was like, all right, all right, Mike. And like, yeah. he was like, all right. It was like, <laughs> but sometimes, yeah. Uh, because you know, I never, I seen people geek out over people. Mm. You don't want to be that dude. But if if somebody comes up to you and is like, hey, Sydney, this is your movie. Uh, anybody you want to work with? Who would you pick that you haven't worked with in the past? Like, is there one actor you want to just like work with? I mean, let's just not say Will Smith because that's just obvious. But uh, we'll he's, go he's probably one of the most. I I try to ask it of all my guests, but yeah, he's, he's up there. That's obvious. I would say it could be Will. Ain't nothing wrong with that one. I'll go Denzel. Those are the top two. I'll go Denzel. I'll go Al Pacino, but I'll go Denzel. Just, top two of my guests yeah. is always Will Smith and Denzel. Yeah. And I always said like Will would be cool to work with because you know he's gonna be happy go lucky and cut up. Mm-hmm. Denzel, that first day, I'd be a little nervous. But like, I, heard, I don't want to fuck up my I house. heard he makes it where you're not nervous. Who, Denzel? Yeah, I heard he's like, he'll come to your trailer, like, how you doing, Gary? To get it out the way. You yeah. good? You all right? Yeah, all right. And then, like, y'all get that out of the way. That way, it starts to feel like work, I heard. Yeah. Yeah. I'd still be nervous. Hell yeah. You know, for, I'm just talking about the first day. Mm-hmm. You got to get that first, whatever your scene is, you know? I didn't kill that motherfucker. <laughs> you got to get that one line out, and you're like this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he responded. Yeah. <laughs> All day, Denzel. Yeah, Denzel. Denzel Appuccino. Yeah, yeah. Denzel. Denzel Appuccino. All right. Because I said like the goal of the podcast is everybody comes back eventually and be like, guess who I'm working with or guess who I worked with. Okay, bet. Uh, let's go with uh, Tone Bell. Always want to work with Tone Bell. That's, that's, that's <laughs> I got to get him on, That's my man. boy. Like, I, 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 I would say Denzel. I man. thought he got mad at me for a while, Tone Bell. Tone? But then we talked about it. He said, I felt some kind of way about you because I think two things happened. One, um, and I don't remember this, but I, I think I was hosting and he must have had a flat set or something. Mm-hmm. And I addressed it when I came back on. He goes, 
like, this guy's being a dick. <laughs> and he goes, and the more I got into business, he goes, oh, that's just what you do. Yeah. And I was like, I don't even remember that, dude. And then I, I was talking on my podcast about um, people that are working, but the state of TV now, you'd be better off doing reality shows as opposed to sitcoms. And I said, someone like Tone Bell, mm -hmm. who just goes sitcom to sitcom to sitcom, I go, and is working, doing his thing. I said, but it's not translating into getting noticed at by the public as much as you know in the past the yeah. sitcom in the past sitcom was a golden ticket oh yeah you get on any show you're a household name and you're on the road as a stand-up now it's not like that yeah you, you're the third fourth lead in the sitcom and it's not a super mega hit no one knows who you are anymore because yeah. there's too many tv too channels many too many options yeah and I, and I used him as an example like tone bell just always on the show you know what i mean i said but it hasn't, and his special, we talked about it, we was laughing about it, but his special is called Can't Cancel This. Oh, yeah, yeah, joke about it, yeah. And I said, I go, yo, is, is that from me? <laughs> he goes, I mean, you had something to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> was that because I talked about that? But it wasn't a knock on him. No, nah, he makes, he's like, look, I can get on a show, I just can't keep a motherfucker show. Like, yeah. he make but a, a lot of people are like that. Yeah. Like, even if you look at, you know, I was watching Chappelle's Unforgiven, and he talked about everything with his Chappelle show. I said, but... If you look at the before the Chappelle show, I mean, everything he did just went never went anywhere. Yeah, that was this. There's always that one that just boom. But before that, Chappelle was the guy like sitcom, sitcom, deal, deal, just nothing panned out. And then Chappelle show came along, boom, right? Yeah, same thing happened for Tone. And when it does, people are gonna be like, Yo, this guy just came out of nowhere. Be like, No, he's been on literally 87 sitcoms. Yeah, before you guys this. keep like working. Work gets work. Yeah, yeah. If you keep just working, work does get work, and just keep working. Mm -hmm. And then you never know. Like you said, one of them's gonna hit. You yeah, know what I mean, one of you know. It's just I feel like our George Clooney was like that. He was the king of pilots. It just failed, and then he got ER and phew, took off. It's always yeah. like that. Just not always, but it happens. I think it's hard when you've been doing it a long time. Some people that just like stop, but I'm in the mentality like just keep working. Like you know what I mean, like. It's, it has to happen if you keep working financially, all of that. If you just keep doing the work, it has to find you. Yeah, and there's there's luck involved too, but you yeah, got to be ready when the luck you happens. Could, listen, luck might prepare you for like random like star power, mm -hmm. but like to work and consistently make money, hard mm -hmm. work would, you know what I mean? That's going to end you still, all. You still make money. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there's people act like just, if you're just a hard worker, it'll happen. I go... Yeah, but there is there is some kind of thing where the stars align and you don't see it coming. Because the thing about it is, whatever you think it's gonna be, yeah. it's not it. But that's the, the shit's over here. You yeah. don't even see it coming. You're like, you work on a uh, <laughs> you work on a TV deal, and work on a fucking sitcom that don't go anywhere for six yeah. months, and then all of a sudden they'll be like, hey, they're gonna bring you in for this. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, you know what I mean? Can't ever tell, man. But like my podcast, <laughs> I didn't know it was gonna be this big, and I was gonna have this amazing studio. But my, my point is, like, cups. you just keep doing work. You go on the road, you are doing movies, you are doing a podcast. Something's gonna pop or make even pop bigger because you're just doing work. Mm -hmm. Like all the work just just gets gotta be fulfilled, man. Dude, I mean, I gotta I gotta get a lotion deal out of this. You should. Podcast. You feel me? Like you should have. Like and now Check for the rub off, off moment is you know sponsored by Rub Off Jergens. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hi, I'm Gary Owen. If you don't get don't a Jergens, where my hands are right now. Yeah. If you don't get a Jergens deal from this podcast, one of them people got to go. Yeah. Pick, pick one. I think it's the one on the right. Yeah. 
Yep, he's holding his hands. <laughs> the woman with his mask on. I don't trust him. Anyway. All right, man. Well, I don't want to keep anything you want to pump. I got a stand-up album out called Texas Dom, available on all platforms. You know, follow me on social media. Sydney is funny. Who do you want to see Jake Paul fight next? Uh, somebody that boxes. I want him to see him fight the dude from the Mavericks. The Mavericks just signed. James Johnson. Who's that? Yeah, he's a seven, he's a black belt. Oh. So fight somebody that knows this, how to I fight. I heard uh, Stevenson called him out. Who? You know, the guy that blew. Well, if he boxes, he'll have a better chance than someone who doesn't box. Yeah, you got to find somebody that boxes. Because look, even in Jake Paul, yes, he could fight, right? He got a nice... But you look at some of his highlights, the people he's training against, they're not even real boxers. They're yeah, like homies in their beat yeah. up. Yeah, like, no. I God, saw that. Dog, you broke your homie nose. Right. That's just a bully <laughs> shit. Yeah, come on, yeah. man. All right. Bro, All right, man. Thank you for having I'm me. I'm going to keep you, man. Thank you. Go Cowboys. Go Bengals. Hey. Joe Burrow, baby. Dak Prescott. I'll bring you back when Joe and Dak are both healthy and, and, and both teams are balling. Maybe I'll take you to a game, man. You never know with me, bro. I appreciate that. All right, man. Scary. We'll see you next week. <laughs>